how do you show up? What are people seeing when they see you? Do they see hope? Are they seeing a hope for themselves in that? Not just today, but continue to go to the next level with you? If so, kudos and well done. And what I would say is, how can you amplify that? How can you increase that? How can you grow that so that where there might be a little bit of hope, there's even more hope? Because I don't know about you, I think it's very much needed. Now is the time. You're invited to join us, a movement of leaders who are willing to step into a new approach to leadership across the global landscape. This is as simple as humanity being just you and I, and stakeholders being the value you place on each decision to add or take away from humanity going forward. Hold a minute. Stay with us. We know people like you want to play at a different scale. And these conversations help create the opportunity for you to take this up a notch or two or a whole lot more. With a curiosity, let's dig deeper behind the scenes to see the why, the what, the where, the who, and the when. From other smart humans who make smart decisions and innovate smart, sustainable solutions to narrow the gap from problem to solution. Learn in today's conversation how you can begin to do this. Come join us. It's this time of the week, I get to have a conversation with you on the Global Human Intelligence Podcast and really reflect on the previous conversation you heard on the Global Human Intelligence Podcast. And I enjoy these conversations. I enjoy listening to either a conversation with someone else that I have had or listening to someone who has spoken on or at my global human intelligence forum and sharing that with you and then reflecting back on that conversation, you know, taking some insights, maybe going a little deeper even on those insights and then giving you, because sometimes, here's the thing, sometimes on this podcast, I know because Why do I know this? Because when I have conversations with amazing people everywhere across the globe, some people get what I'm saying and others don't. And so I've had to really learn how to take big concepts and go, how do I break those down so that the everyday human can have an opportunity to go, actually, I'm kind of curious about that. I want to know more about that piece and what can that really look like in a every way, every day, every decision, every sort of like culture that we're building out, how could that be a reality? And I really work hard and I hope you love this. And I really look forward to hearing more of the reviews from listeners. We know there's a lot of like we're something up into there's two podcasts and, you know, there are 34,000 plus downloads on these podcasts. So, We know there's people listening like you, and I really need your feedback. I need to hear what it is that you're loving about this. What what are the pieces? I've worked really hard to be able to bring you these conversations, not just with, you know, myself and all the work that I've done, but also to build enough trust with awesome humans doing, like, phenomenal things across the globe who often don't have much time, but I'm bringing them as a conversation to you. And I hope you appreciate that because 
there's been already on this podcast so many amazing people and people that I've had to kind of go, are you okay if we just have a conversation on here? And I want to know what it is you're getting from this. Like I'm sharing what I get from these and hopefully helping to give you some really easy, actionable steps to put it into some of those learnings into your everyday way in which you're building the culture out in your leadership. But I would love to have feedback. What is it you're taking from this? What is it you're learning from this? What is it? Are there questions that are popping up because of the curiosity that it's pricking in your brain? And I hope there is some questions and I'd love to hear what those questions are. So make sure that you write us a review because it also helps for us to be able to spread the word and be able to get this out to people a little bit more as well. And I, today, just privileged to be able to have this conversation with you. And I think it was a great way to start it in this way because the last one that you've heard of on this podcast was a beautiful friend of mine. In fact, we call each other twinsies. And he identifies as you, if you'd listened to the podcast, you would have heard him say this, but he identifies as American of African descent. He wasn't born in Africa. He was born in America. And because of that, he really identifies as an American with African descent. And that's important because a lot of his conversation is around some of those things that we have all had to learn because we don't always fit in and we don't always have comfortable conversations and we don't always have the ideal environment in which you and I have grown up in. Maybe you have. Maybe you have been one of those people that, you know, I joke about this because my husband used to always say, before he met me, his life was just so sweet. There was never any trouble. There was never any problems. And, you know, in a lot of ways that was true. But what he meant was he never really had to work through challenges. He never had to do things that were uncomfortable and he was always backed up by the people that were surrounding him. You're the best, you're amazing, you can do whatever you want. And what I love about that is because of that, he's always believed it. He's always gone, yeah, you're right, I am awesome. You are right, I can do whatever it is. And if you do that on the flip side, mine was the opposite. And I had to learn a lot through those challenges. But I would never, ever, 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 ever change that because I think what has been amazing about it and what I'm really grateful about even to this day is the fact that I have a resilience that only comes because I've had to build those muscles. I've had to work a little bit harder maybe than the other person. Or I've had to dig deeper into places that others don't have to go because life is kind of sweet, but I've had to go. And because of that, I've got tools, resources, strategies, you name it, I pull on them. And I continue to pull on them even to this day. Because you know what? Every time you play at a bigger level, every time you're willing to step out of your comfort zone, 
There's a new muscle you have to build. There's a stretching capacity that you have to build. There's a resilience that you have to pull on. And that's why I love breaking these things down. And I think going back to the previous conversation, it was with Earl. And Earl is someone that's had to do that. And because of that, he's grown some deep insights in his conversation and the way that he talks of his learning ground. And, you know, he talks a lot about yesterday, today and tomorrow, and we're not trapped in that. Because really, it's not about you and I not having the capacity to change where we're going and what we're doing, but it can be about some of the systems that we find ourselves in. Do you find that? I think one of the greatest examples of a system, and you know, I'm always talking about the old approach, new approach, and the need for a new approach. I think one of the greatest examples is this, the old approach. A lot of our systems that we find ourselves in, example one, education. Think of the education system. It was built around whatever was thought to be needed at the time it was designed. Who knows? I know because I've had six kids across generations in which there are times where they had access to lots of technology. That's my girls these days. They know exactly how to do everything and research in Google and you know, set themselves up in their pieces of technology. Well, you take the other extreme of my older boys. They didn't have iPads. They definitely didn't have phones. And internet was introduced later into their lives. They didn't have access to all the resources and tools that my younger generation have because we, to be honest, didn't have access to those either. We didn't have the money coming in that we do at this point in our lives. And so because of that, they also didn't have access. They didn't travel like the younger generation. They haven't had some of the opportunities, the younger ones. But I can tell you there were some things that they have learned that no money can buy, no access to tools, no access to resources necessarily will build that. And that was a strength that they have got because they had to learn how to make even a small amount go a long way. They had to learn to be grateful for what they had, not what they could see they didn't have. They had to have those moments where they had to find within themselves what it was they're looking for rather than the world or telling them what they should have. And I think there's some great lessons when you have opportunities like that. And I think that's what Earl brings out a lot on. You know, he says things like not recover, but let go of what was or is. And I just go, what do you mean by that? Why do we not recover what what we're missing or or that moment that we should have got something or recover something that we've known? Instead, why don't we take what we've got in our hand right now and what are we doing with that? And I think there's so much of our life we can build on and we can 
get lost in when there's so many challenges in our world right now. We can get stuck back at those moments where maybe it wasn't going the way you thought it was. Maybe you don't have, you know, resources like your neighbors down the road. But maybe there's something that you've got that others don't have and you can take that and use that and expand on that. And I wonder if, although you may not feel like others are seeing you right now, that maybe they see your genius zone and the first thing you need to do is actually see it for yourself and know that you have something to offer. And I think that's something Earl is so confident in, in what he does have, not what he doesn't have with expectations of those around him. But I also think going back to the system thing, that we often are trying to fit ourselves into a system that I wonder, is it actually a system that you and I need to be fitting ourselves in? Or is it a system that is a broken system? And there are better and more effective ways to do it now. I think it's really easy not to question because you don't want to stir the pot, unsettle the still water. And you don't really want to make other people feel uncomfortable either because then you're going to have to confront whatever that means. And some of us don't always feel equipped to be able to do that. I have to say, it is one of the reasons I became so OCD over patterns was because as an introvert, I really hated the concept of turning up to a conversation and someone asking a question and I'm not sure how to answer that. That is the most uncomfortable thing and that would make me not want to go out just because I don't want to have a conversation like that. And I realized that that was very limiting in that thinking and that I needed to learn if I was in a situation where I'm asked a question, how will I answer that? And if I'm asked something about my belief around a question, what will I be willing to say or do and and be? And I think that that's been a massive change in my world in how I respond rather than react to situations. Trust me, I still have those moments where I'm questioning, why do I find myself being treated like this? Or I have those moments where I go, hey, do you not see that I have value to add here? Why can't you see me? And I think that's when you cannot let those things start fogging your vision. And the lens that you look through is a lens that sees you, sees what you bring. And maybe it's actually not about you. Maybe it's about the system being broken. And I loved what Earl said when he went on about going back to that we're not to go to a back to our norm. But maybe it's a new norm. So if we think of that with systems, maybe we actually have to change the systems around us, the processes, the strategies we're using, and you know it, 
maybe even the lenses in which you have conversations, which you start asking questions for us to see change. Because do you remember when you're, I don't know if you do, but when you're a kid or if you've had children and you've got those shaped toys and you've got to put like the square in with the square, the circle and the circle. And I don't know about you, but I really did try to get circles and squares. I was like, you know what? They're kind of the same size, but it just didn't fit. Have you ever found yourself at that moment where you just don't fit? You don't fit in whatever one's trying to put you in that box, or you don't fit in the system that's been built for people maybe in the entrepreneur world and you find yourself in there. And I think that we have to think about what is going to be your new norm? What is the new norm that's going to be across the globe? And I think if there is a norm, and I I wonder about that word altogether, like for me personally, I question, is it about norm? Because I've never, ever, ever been known as normal. And I had to embrace that. I had to embrace that being different was my genius zone, that actually I did think differently to others and that's what people are asking for. How do you think like that? What is it that you think? What are the questions you're asking when you're thinking like that? And I wonder, I just wonder if we shouldn't even be calling it a new norm and we should be figuring out What is it, a pathway? What's your pathway? And then how does your pathway work with my pathway and coincide with pathways across the globe? And I wonder if we worked with that concept, would we build out things a little bit differently? Would the systems hold to how they were built before? And maybe do we need an upgrade? Is that what we're at? Look, I do love the fact that Earl brought up things like humility. I don't think we talk enough about that. I think, you know, for a a long time, there has been what I used to call ego leadership. And I want to go there for a second because I think we have to watch out that we don't slip into it. And that's that our work, what we're saying, how we turn up every day, how we build our teams. Hey, look at me look at what I can do, look at where I'm going with this. And instead of that in focus, we get this out focus. And I wonder if we weren't so ego built, feeding our ego, that we would, if we didn't feed the ego, we would feed something else. And maybe it's the bigger vision. Maybe we would have more energy to feed our team and make sure that our team are doing well and build out a culture that actually everyone loves being a part in, not just you. Maybe we wouldn't burn our relationships so much if it wasn't all about us. And I wonder if it wasn't ego-based leadership and maybe it was impact leadership, maybe it's growth leadership, Maybe it's pioneer leadership, innovative leadership. We could put so many more beautiful words that would go with leadership. And I wonder if that was our focus 
that some of these things that Earl was talking about wouldn't even exist. Because I think one of the things that we have to be careful of when we start focusing in on what we're lacking, on what isn't working for us, on the brokenness, that we can lay blame. And who has time for that today? I mean, seriously. And I don't know about you, but when you blame others, when you live with blame, it's uncomfortable. It's not nice. And it starts to fester. It builds out into other things. And your focus goes in on it being someone else's fault. And guess what? When it's like that, you have no control. And I think that's when things like overwhelm, freakouts, and, you know, pressure and burnout and lack of, all those yucky things that none of us like feeling, all turn up their ugly head. Because all of a sudden, it's all about you and it's all about what someone else isn't doing. And I think there is trouble when you do that. Whereas humility goes, hey, maybe it is about someone else doing something that's not right. Maybe it is about someone else's attitude. Maybe it is about someone believing something different, but it's going, I can't control you. I can't control that situation, but what can I do? And how can I show up? And what am I willing to make this a safe place, not just for me, but for others to be what they need to be as well? And I think that's where humility comes in. And I think it's a beautiful characteristic. I don't know that we feel it enough. I mean, have you thought about humility lately? Have you thought? And by the way, this is not meaning that you bow down to others because I don't actually think it is. But I kind of relate to humility with presence, that there's a presence about you. That doesn't mean that there's not a strength, that you're in weakness, and it doesn't even mean that you're in vulnerability space. But I do believe that there is something about you that is peaceful, that comes with a calmness, and even if we disagree, you've got an openness to be curious to take our conversation that little bit further. Have you thought about whether you turn up with humility or not? I know I've had to work with that over the years. I had so many reasons to why I could blame others. And I have to make sure that I don't go down that default system even to this day when something happens, you know, and there's been a few things over the last past few years that have really, I don't know, rocked my boat. And I've had to make sure and continue to make sure that I'm not focusing in on what is happening to me from others, but what I am willing to say, to do, and to show up each day of my life. And that brings the power back to me, going, what is it 
how is it? Who is it I'm going to hang out with? And where am I going to go? Because no one can make those decisions except for me. And I think in some ways that makes kind of just living and being and existing kind of difficult for me. And so sometimes I have to be really careful. And I don't know if this is about what you, but I'm just being open here, is that sometimes I have to watch out of my expectations of myself. And sometimes I think that I expect so much more of me than anyone else does. And is that what I'm called to have or be? And I think sometimes we need to keep asking ourselves. So don't turn up and it's all about you and be ego-based, but come with humility. And that doesn't mean that you come with vulnerability and hurt and pain and you're a mess. It actually means that you come with some strength, come with some purpose, but a willingness to not trample others to not break down other people. And I wonder if we look at some of the systems that have been built, are they still serving a certain person? Are they still being built on the same expectations? And are the systems actually broken and there's no one willing to fix them And so because of that, we have no option but use the broken systems. And I think these are better questions to ask. And you and I need to keep asking them and not just expecting that these systems are going to hold not just what was, not just what is, but also hold what the future could hold for us. I know, it's back into that future stuff. You know I love the future stuff. And if all I could talk about would be how can we build our systems, how can we build our strategies, our processes that are all about future thinking. You know I'd love to play there. But I also know not everyone is ready for that or knows how to take future thinking back into our now, which are actually our steps we take towards every single day. Okay, a slight disruption to the conversation. I have a question for you. Are you even a little curious to see how you can use your platform to change the conversation? To maybe design solution pathways where you have certainty and afford movement? Or Truly, do you want to increase your economic and cultural impact? Awesome human, if you want to lead, to pioneer a new approach, to role model what is possible and to leave sustainable footprints for the generations to come, then I would love for you to reach out to me and the team to see if we're the right fit to make this a reality for you. And if we're not, no hard feelings, as I know many awesome humans who may be the right one. Okay, I've included three ways in the show notes where you can begin a pathway with us on a journey to your next level. One, a strategy analysis. Two, the next growth incubator cycle. Three, a potential investment partnership. 
as founder and CEO of Decision Velocity Global, I'm all about building a sustainable, scalable growth ecosystem where humanity, like you, are stakeholders to design cutting-edge solution pathways and to narrow the gap from problem to solution. I want you to come on this journey with me and others and not to be left behind. There is a seat at the table for you. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. I love this piece, talking about future. And one of the other things that Earl said, and I think is just so beautiful, is, by the way, don't you just love Earl's voice? I can listen to Earl. I don't even know what he's talking about half the time when he's talking because I'm just lost in his voice. And I always laugh when I listen to him because I'm like, you could talk about anything. And I'd go, yes. Anyway, that was a slight diversion. All right, so one of the things he said was that the future is not yet written. And I think that is the most beautiful piece. So we can talk about future here right now because I think, like I said before, we don't play in the future. We don't think about the future very often in our conversations. And I do. And I do because... I don't, if I go back to my history, look, patterns are just so interesting. And I never want to tell my history, my story, because I want you to feel sorry or, oh my goodness, is she going back to that? But I think there's some interesting things to learn about in our past, things that have not worked, things that maybe have failed at different times, or there's those moments where you hesitate, you procrastinate, and then you miss out because you did that. And I think it's really good to go back to that and go, what was the reason I did that? Or how did I fail yet got through and what were the things that I need to stop doing and maybe do some of those other things more of? And I think that is where the past is really good to go into. And I'm always like less about focusing on the pain, the traumas, the hurt, because I don't think that serves you. I really don't. But I think the lessons from those that you go through do. For those that know, I ended up in a wheelchair almost 14 and a half years ago now. And it's been such a journey. And out of that, I got two conditions rolling through my body. And so it really hit my health cycle ecosystem and within me. And I had to work very hard and I continue to work really hard to sort of optimize my health so that I can function at the highest level and not to go backwards. And that has been an interesting journey because, you know, there's been many a time I've gone, well, I've just been dealt these cards. I should just go with it. And if that was a truth, then I would never have got out of the wheelchair. Because at the one-year mark, I was literally told by specialists and so many people around me, hey, Kira Marie, you've got it so bad in your body, you're never, ever going to walk again. And I remember those words. And you know when you hear something, but your body really doesn't want to hear it? I was at that moment. I didn't want that to sink in. I didn't want it to sink in. And I didn't want to hear it. And I went home and that period of time, I'm like a little bit of a, 
what is it? You know when they, the slow cooker, that sometimes when it's so big, I have to really work through my thinking on it. I have to think about it, ponder on it, and start breaking it down and figuring out, will I take this as truth? Will I, is this what I'm going to be handed or not? And I remember in that moment being told that, that I didn't want that to be a truth. And I didn't want that ever to be something that was going to determine my future. And I really remember thinking that as I left the hospital. I didn't know how. I didn't know what that could look like. I just knew I didn't want to have that as my truth, that I would never walk again. And I remember having to break that down over time. See, I couldn't grasp exactly what that could look like. In fact, as I began the journey of getting out of a wheelchair, by the way, stayed in there for a year and a half, and then from two crutches to one crutch to a really heavy level stick to a lighter stick to walking sticks as in, you know, like those that you use for exercise to one walking stick to then walking unaided. That whole journey, the only way I got through to those, the next piece was literally going I know my ultimate, and I would literally go to sleep at night and I'd be thinking and closing my eyes and dreaming about running. And I actually had a beach. So it's actually the beach down from one of our houses, our properties, and it's called Manly. And I would see myself running along the beach at Manly. Hey, we weren't even living at this space in this time. It was just something I saw. In fact, we weren't even thinking about living here at that time, to be honest. But I just remember that moment and I would dream and often find myself waking up from seeing myself fitness in the morning, running along the beach on Manly. I was so far from that dream. I mean, you heard me. I was told I'd never get there. But I remember holding on to that and going, that's where I want to aim for. Now, here's the thing to get me to that reality. The thing that I had to do was this, was go, what's my next level? What is it that I need to go for? And, you know, that's what I would have to do. So at one point, when I was in that wheelchair, I couldn't even be touched at all. If you touched me, I would literally scream. Why? Because pain would be riddling through my body. And so I had to desensitize. That was one thing. Another thing was, okay, I've got to start weight bearing, even though it's horrific pain through the body. Can I handle that? What do I need to do? And then it was making sure that although my body was rejecting even the good, that I was starting to make sure that everything I put in my body was healthy. And so I began that journey just to get to my next level. What's that for you? So the reason I tell you this story is because when we think future, I thought so in the future, well, that's what I felt like when I was told you'll never get out of the wheelchair. And that future for me was that moment when I was running on the beach in Manly. And guess what? That was so far from reality. 
But what wasn't far from reality was my next level. So what is it you need to dream? What is it you could dream about? What is that future that is so possible if only you start focusing in on it? What is that for you? What could that be? What would that need to look like for you to even start thinking about it and hoping for it and creating maybe even some pathways to get there? Because that's what I needed to do next was, okay, if I get to my next level, my next level, my next level, and eventually, then I'm going to get running on that beach. What does that need to look like? And sometimes when we play so far out, we have to come right back to where we are now. This isn't even sometimes, this is all the times, right? We have to come right back to where we are now and go, what is the next level that we need to work towards? knowing that that next level will take you to that vision. And I think that's why I get excited about the future because sometimes when you're in the challenges that you might be facing today, that moment where you go, it just feels so impossible. What I love about this is it gives you hope. It gives you hope that you don't have to stay where you are. It creates opportunity for you to look for something that is not what you're doing now. Maybe not the system that you find yourself in. Maybe it's not the process that you've done every day until this moment. Maybe it looks a little different. And I think that's why I love thinking about the future. And I thought about it a lot when one of the things I love doing is future future thinking, future strategizing so that we are preparing the right systems, the right team, the right culture to actually build out the result we are all wanting. And I realized that one of the reasons I love playing there is because it then can help, I don't know, make us think differently make us have the opportunity to dream a little bit more and maybe do it a little different. I don't know about you, but I love adventures. I love doing things that I'm having to stretch myself in that moment and learn a new skill or do something that I've never done before and then all of a sudden I find I can do it. I love those moments. And I think that's what future does for us is... Although it's not our reality now, it's not the space that we're necessarily playing in right this moment, maybe we could. And if we could do that, what would that then look like? What would that open up for, not just for you, but maybe it's your clients. Maybe it's your community. Maybe it's for other companies because you are able to do it. And I think That's what's exciting when we can start designing what your future can look like. And that's why I always say there's no vision, no initiative, no solution that's too far out that we can't start dreaming about now and putting in place strategies to do the long term, but knowing that we're doing every, you know, the next thing. 
the next level. And I think that's the exciting thing. And why it makes it doable is that we are, yes, we think the vision. Yes, we're aiming towards it. We're shifting forward towards that. But our next level is what we're building out right now to get us there. And if you can use that lens, future lens, with your now lens, it is a powerful tool. And I think that's when we don't need to rely on the old norm. We don't even have to have a norm. We can now, you and I, be pioneers, innovators, cutting edge leaders that are willing to play in spaces that maybe those that have been in the past haven't played in. But I challenge you to step it up and play in it to this day. And I have to tell you, when you're willing to dream big, to play in spaces that maybe you're not used to, then like me, who, although it didn't even look a reality, I then got out of the wheelchair and now, you know, I'm taking our little puppies for walks and I'm doing all these sprints. Why? Because they are border collies and they need a little bit of a run. And my walking is not quite fast enough for them sometimes. So I like to do a bit of sprint running with them. I could never have done that if I didn't see. And by the way, it's on the beach at Manly. Yeah. So or by the beach at Manly because you can't have the dogs on the the beach down that side of it. But, you know, I would never have done that. I would never be doing that today if, you know, I hadn't had that moment or continuous moments really where I would dream and I can tell you I remember the pain to this day of some of those days where I just thought it was so impossible and yet I kept dreaming I kept the dream alive so I think that's one thing that the future thinking dreaming strategizing looking at how you would want it to be is so powerful but you've got to keep feeding it you've got to keep nurturing that dream and looking after it so even to this day with some of my bigger vision some of the things that I can't wait to be reality in my life so that I can serve more humans and you know bring to reality a lot more of the work around human intelligence and then seeing a real paradigm shift with the way we build out culture with looking through the lens of humanity as stakeholders. And I I get excited about that because I'm constantly hanging out with people who have pieces of that happening or are starting to get curious or wanting to feed that more And as they're doing that and as they're learning and growing, I get to learn some of their learnings, take on their insights and put it into my work and get me excited. I actually am listening to a lot of the podcasts that are on here too. Why? Because I'm not hearing it in other places. And so it's a great reminder, not just for you, but for me as well. As I listen to it, I'm reminded why, why I do it in my everyday, because it's for that bigger vision. 
I think also the other thing is that I'm really conscious these days to be doing things that fill me up energy wise. So again, food is an important piece and it's eating healthy and making sure I'm optimizing my way I function so that I can then be, you know, turn up with more energy. And because of that, my productivity goes sky high, right? So what is it that fills you? And I know like this morning, I went out for an almost 5k walk with my puppy and he did amazing. And for a puppy, that's a long way, but he's a strong, quite big puppy and he loved it. And so did I. And because he loved it, he had a great time. I had a great time. It fueled my tank. I love sitting and listening to gospel music while I'm just got my pencil and white paper out and just drawing on there and whatever's coming in my brain, whatever patterns are coming out, I just draw on that. That fills me up. I love reading books around real humans that have just sort of beaten all the odds even against maybe political spaces or the odds against maybe racial that that was not the use that was not the norm in their culture to turn up or show up the way they did i love hearing the stories around humans who have built things even when everyone around them never believed in them and yet they believed in themselves why do i do that because I'm not always around people that believe in me. I'm not always around those that have my back constantly on a daily, you know, space. And so I need to make sure that I'm fueling that. So what does that need to look like for you? Who are you listening to? What are you listening to? What's inspiring you? Who are you spending time with? And this is really important. And what are you focusing in on? When you're not doing business, do you know something that I'm constantly listening to is scientists and doctors in the medical field because I'm fascinated to hear all the latest research on what they're finding out on what foods are making you function at higher levels, what, you know, what are some of the things, the behavioral things that often we do on a daily basis Should we do that more? Should we do it less? I'm fascinated with that because, you know, as the world is, you know, like AI is the ability of and accessibility of research and things like that, we can make better decisions because of that. And I'm constantly wanting to know, how can I upgrade how I make decisions? How can I make better decisions? And how can I make them faster and really confident in certain about those decisions, even in an uncertain world? And I think that's because it's not just about what I know. It's not just about what I've learned. But we have access to many people's learnings and that's what I love about it. That's what I loved about Earl's conversation that I've never walked in his shoes. And so to hear his perspective, his thinking, helps us to maybe think a little bit different today. Maybe 
do it a little different and go to that next level. And I love the fact that even though most people don't like thinking about the future and, you know, I geek out on looking at data that is looking at GDPs and economic spaces and decisions being made at political levels and leadership that and in the business world and trends and you know aspects of how that's going to now uh, you know affect someone like me or you and how can we make better decisions knowing that information that thinking and not only make better decisions but then take action right and that's what I love about innovation I think that innovation is just so magical because we get to take the data that we've got, look at the gaps or the problems and go, well, now that we've got this, how can we really truly come up with solutions that are going to be sustainable, not only to fix a problem in the interim, but actually for the long term. And I think the more capacity you can play in the space of the future, the more likely you're going to be building out solutions that are not just the quick fix, but actually are supporting the long-term vision. And that's kind of fun to play in. And I know that's not the norm. And I'd love to hear, like I said earlier on in this podcast, if this is an area you play in, then I'd love to know what you're learning. I'd love to hear what you are thinking. I'd love to know what trends you're seeing, whether it's in your industry, whether it's in the new work that you're bringing to the table. What is it you're seeing? How can we learn from that? What is it that I don't know yet, but maybe because you're studying that, you're working in that field, And you've got knowledge in there that I don't know. And I think that's the powerful thing about having different conversations, having different people at the table. And I hope always that this podcast brings you the opportunity to hear through different lenses. And although you and I might not agree 98% of the time, it's okay because or that we do things really differently and lead very different lives. That's okay. What I do hope is that there may be something that we do agree on, that we can both learn and we can both connect on and actually make a difference to how we show up, how we build out what we're doing, what you're doing, and what I'm doing. And I think that that's very powerful because the future is not yet written. And yet you and I today have the power to write each of our own futures. And that's kind of exciting. And to be honest, that gives me hope for the future. And I think that's one of the things that if there's nothing else you take from my work, If there's nothing else that you understand that I do or I talk about, and that is that there is hope for the future, whether it's in your leadership, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your work environment, 
whether it's in your community. There is hope. Why do I know that? Because there's someone like you who's listening to this podcast right now. And if you're making better decisions, decisions that are going to add value to the human race going forward, then that brings hope. If you're going to be willing to identify where systems are breaking down and be part of that solution, that's hope. If you're part of those that have realized that just because everyone looked the same, sounded the same, that doesn't necessarily bring what is needed at the table, but you're willing to at least get a little curious to how that could look, then that brings hope to the future. And I think in a world where there's a lot of focus in on what isn't working, the challenges, the problems, what I love about what we've talked about today, the future, where you're at now, what you could do, how, what decisions you could do, you going to your next level, that this brings hope. And hope is something that all of us need a little more as we continue to build out what we're meant to do today, tomorrow, and the future. And I think, you know, hope brings hope to you as an individual but to those in your sphere of influence, because when they see that you've got hope, it brings hope too. So what can you do to build out more hope? I think you can start dreaming. You can start thinking of a bigger vision. You can start innovating different systems, strategies, processes at the table. I think you can start pioneering maybe new pathways in which we could follow you down rather than the old ones that everyone seems to keep doing. I think there's hope that you can bring and build on when you bring cutting-edge solutions to the table. And I think there's hope and a way to build your hope to do that better is when you've got confidence in what you are designing, what you're bringing to the table. And the more you do that, the more you build that out, and the more you surround yourself with others that will have your back on this, the more you will bring hope that although some of those things haven't worked in the past and some of those things that we're doing to even today are not working, that they will see that they are working because you're role modeling it, you're bringing it. And I think if there's an only one thing you take from today, take this, what are you role modeling in what you're building out in your business, company or organization? How do you show up? What are people seeing when they see you? Do they see hope? Are they seeing a hope for themselves in that? Are they seeing hope that you're building out something that is going to help them, not just today, but continue to go to the next level with you? If so, kudos and well done. And what I would say is, how can you amplify that? How can you increase that? How can you grow that so that where there might be a little bit of hope, there's even more hope? Or if there's awesome hope already, that there's even more because here's the thing. I know 
that, and you may be one of these, as a leader, there are so many still struggling at this moment, giving out of, giving out of. And I think if there's anything as a leader and what you can do in leadership today is that you stand stronger and you bring hope to your sphere of influence so others can pull on that and go, hey, she's got hope, he's got hope, I want to do that too. I want to share some of that hope with others across the globe because I don't know about you, I think it's very much needed. In an approach, a new approach to not just leadership but to the human race, we need more hope. We need hope where there are government leaders making better decisions. I mean, we see that right now across the globe. And, you know, there are some that make stupid, horrific, devastating decisions. And then there's others that are willing to die for their country. That kind of leadership is inspiring. It brings hope that if one human can stand as a leader like that, how can lots of us as leaders stand? And what would that look like? And what difference would that make? That is hope. And that is hope that is in your control and can make a difference. I hope that today has brought extra hope to the future of what you're building out, who you are, and how you can show up. Thank you for spending some time. And I love having conversations with you. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, leave awesome ratings and reviews. Our hope is that this product creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, and a curiosity for the need to be a part of the change, to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, join us at our next Global Human Intelligence Forum and get your free ticket for you, plus one, to give to someone you know who will add value. When you sign up for the two-hour Zoom, blaze a trail, shift the dial forward. Both links are in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us build a tribe and make humanity as stakeholders. Let's achieve this together. Recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, pioneers, future thinkers, and movement changers. Big love. Plus, I can't wait to see you on the next Global Human Intelligence Podcast.